Hello. 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 How you doing? I'm good. How are you? You know, I'm doing pretty good. Um, you know, I had a really weird uh, turn of events this afternoon. Did you? What happened? I did. I, I wanted to give you this live on the air. Oh, no, I don't like this. Normally, I know it's coming. No, I know. <laughs> it's not like... Okay, so um, a friend of mine who's getting married, mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to dox them, but yeah. love you, bitch. Um, I was supposed to go to their wedding and um, end up getting canceled because of COVID. Mm -hmm. Um where they were going to get married, they were not able to get a marriage license application uh -huh. because that county is closed down. Oh, okay. And none of the surrounding counties are allowing people um, from California there. Oh, interesting. Um, unless you, like, quarantine. Right. Um, and so, like, that's not going to work with the timeline for the wedding. Yeah. So, I had to get ordained today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Uh, you are looking at uh, an ordained minister. Oh my gosh, this was a good one to do cold. I know. I I thought you might really enjoy it. I do. Yeah. Mm. So wow. Um, I'm going to marry them before they go to do the ceremony because the ceremony is going to be more for like yeah show just... or like for photos and stuff. Yeah. Um. So I have a question <clears throat> for you then. Yes. Do you want to ordain minister my vow renewal? Fuck yes, I do. <laughs> Done. Are you are you drinking? Yes, I am drinking. Yay! Yes. So I made it most of my sixty days because the sixty days was supposed to be her wedding, but then that didn't right. really work out. Yeah. Um. So I did I did go um about fifty days That's I believe because totally Saturday was my first fr Friday evening was my first drink. Mm -hmm. oh, um. If you could hear that. Sorry, that was my computer. Oopsies. Oh well. Um. Yeah, so I had my first drink on Friday evening, and then I had, um, like, a white claw or two on Saturday. Sorry, mm -hmm. that was my dog growling. So Charlie. We, we got noises going on everywhere. It's fine. It's fine. I mean, if y'all um, don't already know that, then, like, what? oh. Whatever. Also, this is hot for justice. Tis. And that's Jessica. And that is ordained minister J. Me. Yes. Um... So yeah, that happened today. That's so exciting. Congratulations. I know. Thank you. So yeah, I had to have all my paperwork like overnighted so we got here before this weekend because she's leaving to go to where her wedding is on this weekend. Uh-huh. Are, are Oh, okay. So you're not going. It's just No. Okay. Cuz it's going to be literally like just like their parents. Okay. And the minister. Poor thing. Yeah. COVID. And it's like his childhood pastor and yeah. Yeah. Well, that's so, so awesome. Yeah, so that like that wedding won't be the legal one. Right, you'll have one when the one here will. Yeah. Be. Okay, that makes sense. So yeah, I'm doing a COVID wedding, so that's exciting. Yeah, heck yeah. Will you please wear? Can you wear like a suit? Uh, yeah. I I'll I don't I actually I'm not sure, but to yours, yes, I will wear whatever you want. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Boom. Uh, pick out what you want me to wear. I will wear that. Okay. I mean, didn't you wear like a suit for my uh, murder mystery party? I did. You looked bomb. Like I say, those clothes don't fit me anymore. I got rid of them because I lost a bunch of weight. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Well, we'll figure um, it out. We have some time to workshop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do have like other dress pants, though, so I can make it work. Okay. Make something work. Or right. I can just buy some. Well, I mean, if you're going to wear them again, then maybe. But we don't want you to have to like go buy something that's like, you know? That's fair. Well, I mean, I feel like it's important to have a pair of, like, black or gray slacks or something. Yeah. 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 
I have some, but I literally never wear them. <laughs> but also, like, you know, we're in the Zoom age where I can wear pajama shorts to my meetings and, like, a, an appropriate top, and nobody ever mm -hmm. knows the wiser. So that's pretty great. 2020, man. <laughs> what a ride. Abso-fucking-lutely. Um, oh, um, but yes, I'm drinking tonight because Zach got a new job today. Yay. He got Yes, hired at a new company, so he'll be starting that job soon. So that's exciting. Congratulations. Yes. Um, and yes, and speaking of wild rides, so sorry, I totally oh, cut off our segue. Dude, I like this, though. I, I like just wanted to finish my story. I like it, where you're like, <laughs> segued yeah. right into wild ride. Episode number three of, of Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, I had to think about it for a second. What did I, we I saw the look on your face. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, you guys, that's fine. Um, yeah, so episode three, I don't know what it was called, but it was about the... It's du called House of Terror. Okay, it was about the DuPont family, right? Is that right? Yes, I, I believe that's how you pronounce the name. Yeah. I think it's technically du DuPont. Yeah, if you want to say it with a French twist. DuPont? Yeah, but I... Je m'appelle... Mm-hmm. Jessica. See, you know more than I do. I took... Four years of French in high school and two years of French in college. Damn. Patting myself on the back if you could hear that. Um, so as I was, like, watching this episode, I could, like, understand some of it. You know, but they talk uh -huh. so fast. So yeah. it was kind of fun for me because I'm like, oh, I know that word. Oh, I know that word. I remember that word. <laughs> um, well, it's like um, whenever I get Spanish-speaking patient calls our office, mm -hmm. like, I know enough to kind of get by. Yeah. But, like sometimes like the rattling stuff off i'm like okay i mean i need you to like slow that down <laughs> right a lot like a lot i remember <laughs> and then i can kind of piece it together <laughs> um, i was when we went i went to paris i've been a few times but i'm trying to remember which time anyways i was in a taxi and this guy was talking to us um he had like emigrated there from the middle east somewhere i can't remember but he learned um french obviously because they we're living there um and I yeah. was like oh yeah I took French blah, blah blah so he would talk to me and then I'm like oh I like I would understand what he was saying but it was hard for me to like repeat it back to him yep like or answer him in French but mm -hmm. he was like look at you I will never forget it because he's so sweet he's like well look at you you know you did I was Aww. like just what I that you. is so sweet it was it was really sweet anyways not the point okay so yes. <laughs> this literally this episode is so sad and so wild and i assume you already Seriously. have something pulled up so i'm gonna let you roll <laughs> roll tide. excellent so um yes so i have the ready steady cut um again um I, like i said their like recaps of it are really good like it's a really good concise outline um so the episode opens they seem like a normal family is one of the opening statements of episode three um and sophie martin a journalist discusses how big uh, how big that uh, Nantes or is that how you say that? Yeah, Nantes. Nantes? Nantes yeah, something like that. I don't, whatever, that that city uh, in France, and how and how a uh, portion of the city is peaceful. And then there was the Dupont de Ligonnet murders, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, of the, course, they say it much like nicer than we do. It's a lot more pretty and it's eloquent like sounding beautiful. than I will ever sound. I love the French language. It's just so. I have a friend from France, actually. We were exchange students in Australia. 
Oh, that's fucking rad. Love. I'm like we're friends on um, Instagram, so I like love to listen to her stories. <laughs> hear her talk. Oh, how fun! It is fun. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's dope. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, do, 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 do. Um, so the story perplexes everybody. People call it the House of Terror, where the family were living. Uh, the family was four children and the parents. Seemingly a golden family. On April 11, 2011, a neighbor noticed that their shutters were closed and she knew something was up. They never closed. Uh, they were never closed, so after a while, she rang the police. Everything in the house was in place. All seems totally normal. Several letters arrived for the parents, Xavier and Agnes, um, which claimed that they were transferred to America under protection to help bring down an international drug ring. I think it was um, so- from... It says four, but it was from them, supposedly. Oh, yes, you're correct. Um, so, like, yeah, they were, it was addressed to, like, their neighbors and their, like, friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they Yeah, so basically, basically saying that they were, like, spies for the DEA. And they moved to America, and they couldn't, like, basically ever, like, they would never hear from them again. So people were like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs> Fucking bonkers. Um, um, like, it, even if that is true, like, what like if you're in witness protection or whatever yeah. like you don't dox yourself yeah and i think though too <laughs> like people he i mean he probably was counting on people like not being familiar with the american kind of like system right like that. so that makes sense um yeah it was really interesting so they talk about before we get into like the, the nitty-gritty yeah they talk about in the episode how the family um the husband xavier or um he came from like a line of um kind of like nobility yes um and it was really serious you know like for them growing up mm-hmm. like this this is your um your line your lineage this it's something they're very proud of um right he married agnes who had basically had a child out of wedlock with somebody else or she was pregnant um but mm-hmm. xavier took like you know married her in. and basically was like mm-hmm. this is my son totally raised him as his own yeah mm-hmm. and so then they have three more children and another two boys and a girl so there's total yep. of three boys one girl um you know they talked about how he seemed to be like a very dedicated and loving father they mm-hmm. seemed to be a very happy family um that they were, you know, totally in love, blah, blah, blah. He was a businessy man traveling all the time. Um, so that was kind of the image that people thought. And yeah. it quickly unraveled when they figured out, like, that wasn't it. So, no. like, it's wild to me, though. So the neighbors call the police, and, like, they basically go to their house, like, six times Yes, before, six times. Like, because her family kept insisting, like, no, 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 something's wrong, and like, people kept mm-hmm. insisting that the police go check it out. Um, it was like over like in the span of like I think eight days. Yeah, or so. Yeah, yeah. So on their sixth visit, one of the police officers is looking under the terrace in their garden mm-hmm. and finds plastic bags which had the bodies of the mom Agnes and then um there was the three children and then there the other son was in a separate bag like or separate yeah. area so separate he, hole they yeah. were like oh he I mean that was kind of weird so they're trying yeah, he to, like, was isolated from the rest of the family basically yeah um and then they were like well the bodies were all covered in blankets there was religious items next to the body so like obviously whoever killed them also their dog um mm-hmm. 
like cared enough to do that and then the dad was gone so they're like yeah. what the hell like is he did he get kidnapped like they weren't quite sure what happened so um they they try to like piece back what they knew and like mm-hmm. what the timeline was it's just so crazy yeah and then they start also looking at like uh credit card receipts mm-hmm. and shit like that yeah um they interview like his friends too mm-hmm. um and, and neighbors and shit yeah, yeah they're like well, he, he couldn't have done something like this. Like, there's no, no. way he could have done something like this. Uh, but, like, he's obviously alive, so right. what did he do? Um, and, yeah, it was just so weird. But they basically said he had, like, a very bad back injury. There was no way that he could have dug the holes. But it's like, dude, I mean, come on. Who else yeah. did it? <laughs> so... Like, where there's a will, there's a way, unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, the investigators found that there were, um, so, like, the house was pristine, I guess. That's something to know. There was no blood anywhere. Nothing was, like, rumpled. Like, nothing looked like it was out of place. I mean, obviously, like, they missed it the first five times. Like, it, they, there was no signs that a murder had happened. That takes time. Like. That takes a mm -hmm. lot of time to get everything back perfectly how it right was. well especially with how they were murdered each right each of them was executed with two bullets to the head yeah which that's a lot of blood and stuff but again there's literally no blood anywhere yeah there's no dna no fingerprints no nothing like there's absolutely not nothing. one thing um no bit of actual physical evidence you know and also like something to note in many most european countries owning weapons like it's not like it is here it's not an easy thing to do yes um so like usually uh, from my experience living in germany like you could only get weapons if you had like certain hunting licenses and like you Mm -hmm. took certain courses and they you weren't just like allowed to go get a gun right and there was a lot of like permits and things involved Mm -hmm. and and they even talk about this as like part of when they figure kind of they're trying to figure out the timeline of things and it's kind of interesting and and there's like just really no way that you can say he did not do it um right i thought especially because he got all the licensing and everything like the year before he hadn't no it was like a month before oh yeah you're right and, like, um, so he inherited the, the yep. rifle from his dad who had recently died. And they kind of, like, talking about it, they're like, well, this was kind of, like, the start of the crumble. Like, his dad, uh, you know, from nobility, he, like, basically, when he died, he had no money. He really had nothing. Mm-hmm. He had a rented apartment. Like, the image of success and wealth and nobility wasn't that at all. Um, no. So he inherited this gun from his dad. He went through, got his, you know, licensing, all of that stuff. He learned how to shoot it because it was a long range rifle. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was like literally just like a month before his family died. So it's like, okay, dude, come on. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they talk about like how as they are doing more digging that like he seemed to be so successful, but he really wasn't. There was no money. Um, You know, like just it's just wild um what i thought was kind of sad though too 
So they talk about how they can track, like, the mom died Mm -hmm. because her sleep app machine stopped at, like, a certain time. Yep. And then they assume, like, the kids were all killed, like, within that kind of that same night. Um, But the one son was off at school. Mm -hmm. And so the dad texts the sons, like, hey, your mom was in a, a bike accident. She's in a coma. You need to come home. So he rushes home. Yeah. And only to be killed. Yeah. So they think that, like, the dad kind of hesitated a little bit to kill mm-hmm. that. The, so it's the oldest son that's actually, like, his blood son or biological mm-hmm. son. Um, and they said that they thought he hesitated in killing him because he would have been, like, the heir to their nobility-like lineage. Right. So, super sad. Yeah. I can't like, even imagine, ugh. like, what a piece of shit. Like, a grade A piece of shit. Like, if you aren't happy, just deuce. Like, you yeah. don't need to kill your whole family and be a psycho about it. So, essentially, mm-hmm. they figure out, like, when those texts were sent. And then they he lived in that house, cleaning mm-hmm. it up, burying his family for, like, for like, four days. Yeah, it was, like, it was several days. Yeah. And then he deuced it. And he's, like, not trying to hide where he's going. He's driving around. He's pulling out money from his ATM machine. He's being caught on on cameras, like, speed cameras, um, because they're kind of everywhere. And they track him to this hotel, and he had driven pretty, like, um, pretty far. Yeah, it was, like, halfway across the fucking country. Yeah. so It was, like, a 10- or 12-hour drive or something. And he was just taking his time. Um, And then the last time he's caught on anything, he's caught on, like, a CCTV camera from Mm -hmm. a a hotel. Like the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. They're watching him walk with a very large garment bag, which looks like it has a rifle in it. Mm -hmm. And he's walking off into, like, basically no man's land. Yeah, it turns into a wilderness. Yeah, and they're like, well, we assume that he went to kill himself. But they never found his body. And they looked and they had freaking people searching. They had helicopters. They, you know, like they... F- There's no trace of this man. No. He is just fucking gone. So the police are kind of like, well, I think he killed himself. And we just, like, didn't find him. Because, you know, it's pretty vast. But, like, I think that this motherfucker got away. Yeah, I think he's rolling around somewhere. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he obviously... This is not like a spur of the moment thing you decide. Yeah. I think he had been planning it. He, somebody like that who has that idea in their head that they're basically like you're of nobility, like you're better, you're superior. Yep. You're not going to just not have a plan. No. So. He's very, it's all very fucking calculated. Mm -hmm. Like how else, sorry, my dog's pitter pattering. (laughs) Um, How else would you leave a crime scene with absolutely no trace of blood or DNA or fingerprints. Nothing. Um, You know, all the graves were very methodical. Um, Everything about, everything was very methodical and thought out. So, okay, say it's not him. Right. You know, then who the fuck else is doing, you know, and is going to go through all of that trouble and be that meticulous. And why is he so calm and casual on like literally every camera that they caught him on? He doesn't look like he gives two shits about what he did or what's going on. Yeah. So it's like, it's wild. So they search for him. They don't find him. There's no travel paid for it, paid for at all in his name. Mm -mm. But at the end, you know, they're talking about, 
from that area of France how easy it is. And, I mean, this is really true for Europe yeah. because at this point, 2011, um, you know, you can travel within, like, there's, I believe, um, there's, like, 13 countries where you don't go through any type of border control or anything. Oh, shit. You can just – it's like going to, from California to Nevada. There's nothing. Yeah. Like, we – lived in germany we could drive to luxembourg for the day and no one mm-hmm. you, you don't get stopped um that's crazy we drove you know we would drive all the time i think i drove to czech, the czech republic we went to prague nothing uh-huh. um we've driven we've driven to belgium france the netherlands the only time i got stopped at a border was right after those paris terrorist attacks in 2016 oh, they yeah. were stopping cars and since we were american they pulled us over um oh, that was great scary. yeah that was scary um but yeah so like he could have if he had fake identification too like you know yeah. you just slip through some of those countries and you can be off and you can be off there you go yeah and he's like an average looking white dude yeah. like so it's like i mean honestly i watched that whole last episode and i couldn't even conjure a picture of him right now no me either <laughs> <laughs> so <sighs> I think that the weird thing is that, like, he loved his kids, and you can see the love there, like, in the pictures. Yeah. His kids are so happy, but he obviously was a psycho. Yeah, all I have to say is that Xavier Dupont de Ligonnet, you're an asshole. He deserved a rotten hell. I mean, hopefully, I read or I saw an article that Mm -hmm. said basically that, I mean, as with kind of any time something like this is featured on a big TV show, there's lots of leads coming in about possible sightings. So, um, but many people posited that he dipped to South America and is chilling. And he probably, I mean, really, like realistically, that's where he's he's gonna fly under the radar like he's not gonna want to stay in europe no not at all so yikes dude yeah it's so sad like those poor kids and the poor poor mom i literally can't even begin to fathom i just yeah i mean i guess we wouldn't be able to because we're normal functioning human beings like you're right um you know like just leave just leave just leave So, that's that. Yeah, the moral of the story is, if you're not happy in your relationship, just just leave. Yeah, just dip it. Unless you're, you know, in danger, then get help and then leave. Yes. Right. Um, But don't be an asshole. Yeah, don't be a dick and don't kill your fucking family. Right. Seriously. Um, That's the moral of the story. So, that... uh, But, like we said before, this episode is really, really interesting. It's bonkers, so, but, like, but again, make sure that you're, like, capable to sit yeah. and watch it and read it. It's not a... Unless you speak fluent French, then, right. I mean, go for it. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not, um, you know, unused French for the last, you know, several years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really did have to pay attention. I sat down, I had Emerson, she was chill, and I sat, I had a, I had to, because otherwise I would, yeah. would have missed it all, so... No, seriously, I had to watch it twice because the first time I was like half-ass watching it, and I was like, I, I know what happened, but like I need to actually like pay attention. Yeah, yeah, but it's really it's a good one, so I no, definitely a winner. Um, yeah, so I 
I said on the last episode I've been watching or reading White Fragility, which is a yes. real like I cannot recommend it enough. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to like talk about it a little bit because it's yeah. so good. Um, there is it breaks it it breaks all of these like social constructs down. Um, mm-hmm. In, it's written by a white sociologist. She was a professor. Now she's um, basically does consulting for private companies or companies and tries to basically does diversity training. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, she studied this. It, it's all um, what she talks about kind of at first is how we have this really antiquated idea of what racism really is and when you call somebody a racist what that actually means so we yeah there's this like what she calls the good bad binary that if you're mm-hmm. a racist you're a bad person and only mean and intentional people are racist people and to admit that you've done something that's racist is saying you're a bad person and mm. only good people are not racist and by having this binary we've made th- any conversation or any self-reflection something that we feel like we don't need to do because we're not racist and therefore we don't need right. to self-reflect on us so wow it's so so interesting um how she breaks things down and she talks about privilege and um it yeah i just really recommend and there's a few like chapters next episode i'll share one um the books in the living room so i can't do it right mm-hmm. now but um yeah next episode i'll definitely share a little bit but i i really recommend if if it's something that you're interested even if it's not something that you necessarily believe in um but mm-hmm. you are willing to give it a read it's not going to shove anything down your throat that you don't you know mm-hmm. it's just going to maybe open your mind to a new perspective um that maybe you just hadn't thought of and i'm learning a lot that's you know new absolutely and actually i just coincidentally finished how to be an anti-racist this morning Mm -hmm. um i seriously cannot recommend that one enough either um i would recommend maybe starting with right fragility Mm -hmm. yeah it's um, a really good like base base layer yeah if you're not as you know familiar with you know everything that's going on right now mm-hmm. um i would suggest maybe starting with that yeah. um or if you're trying to get a friend or a family member that's mm-hmm. seems like they're you know maybe willing to you know yeah. have an open mind right start with that because how to be an anti-racist racist is definitely a little bit more intense it, yeah I, i'm gonna yeah. read that next i think um and i definitely would highly recommend the audiobook actually over the like book book mm-hmm. um just because he narrates the own book his own oh, book nice. and like it's just a lot more powerful i think mm-hmm. uh read in his own voice yeah that's because like all the proper inflection is where it should be yeah. um so okay, that's a like i said I, Maybe I can't I recommend that one enough send me a free your free uh thing i will i'll sign and up again, under one of my other like 10 emails <laughs> <laughs> um if anyone wants me to send it to them, um, I will happily send you the link. Um, if you've never tried Audible before or you have a burner email account that you'd like to sign up for Audible for, yeah, um, I can send you the book for free because you get your first um, credit for free. Uh, again, highly recommend what? it. Or you can pick up White Fragility instead. Um, yeah, that one's a good one. 
too. I mean, that one, again, written by a white author, I don't, that's not necessarily, like, something that you would be beneficial right. to hear with her, you know, her narrate. I don't even know if she does, um, or if, I'm sure there's an audiobook for it, but. Um, uh, there is. I've seen it on the Audible store. Um, it's really good because but... I also, like, I've saved a lot of parts so that I can kind mm-hmm. of come back to and refer to as she moves through the book. And, like, it kind of, you know, you can go back through for the context uh, of, like, things she's framing. So. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Recommend. Um, I guess that's my fun and fresh. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, yeah, I finished that book this morning. Um, yeah, buddy. Other than that. I think I already covered my fun and fresh at the top of the show, really. Yeah. That's I, being an ordained minister, I think, is fun and fresh. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty stoked for you. So, yeah, anyone in the uh, East Bay, if you're trying to get married, holla at your girl. Holla. I'll send anybody I know your way who's getting married. Excellent. Mm-hmm. I would do a bitchin' ceremony, I'm sure. Oh, hell yeah, you would. And I'm into doing weird shit at ceremonies, so let me know. <laughs> let me know. And by weird shit, I mean, like, Within reason, please. <laughs> like, don't make it weird. Yeah, like, my wedding ceremony involved a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, that, that kind cute. of weird. That was so cute. I was just thinking about that. Like, I'd never seen that at another wedding before, and I loved it. It's my favorite thing of the entire ceremony, Heck or, yeah. like, really everything. It was so cute. Like, my mom was, like, so against it. Sorry, Mom. Like, she was, like, absolutely not. And I was, like, I'm doing it. That's the one. Because I didn't have really an opinion on anything. I was, like, I don't care. I just want to get married. Yeah. Like, but I was, like, that's the one thing I'm not wavering on. I'm doing the fucking sandwich. Heck yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you did, because, you know, weddings are yeah. for you. Yeah, and our ceremony was, like, eight minutes long. It was great. It was, because it was hot <laughs> and very sunny. <laughs> yes. I, I still have um, those glasses that you had to tell. Oh, if you, um... I have I, mine are in a box somewhere. If you can find them, and if yours are accessible, take a picture and we can include it in the. Episode. I will. I have them. <laughs> Actually, we wear them sometimes. So. Yeah, so I used to have a pair in my car as kind of my like burner yeah, sunglasses. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So. Anyways. Excellent. Okay. But so yeah, this was the screen recap of episode three of Unsolved Mysteries. Next is number four. Is that Alfonso Brooks? I think. Alonzo, but yes. Alonzo. Oh, crap. Sorry. Alonzo Brooks. Okay. Yeah. He's, yes. So he went missing from a party in Kansas, and they think that it was, like, racially motivated because he was the only black kid at this party of racist rednecks. Shitty. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yes. So we will talk about that next week, mm-hmm. and we'll be back on Monday with a regular episode. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye.